three, two, one. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Texas Private School Podcast, the Week 7 Preview. As always, I'm one half of your hosting crew, Wes Tollison, joining you from the heart of Dallas, Texas. Walker Lott, my, my Minute Maid aficionado, joins you from College Station, the home of all things good and pure. Is that Minute Maid? Did I get that right? That is absolutely Minute Maid, but we do not support Minute Maid for the next couple months because that is the home of the Astros. And I don't care if we have some Astro fans on this pod. We're Rangers to the day we die. Uh, beat the uh, <laughs> the race uh, tomorrow, and hopefully exactly. by the time, hopefully by the time we play this, we're already in the next round. Yeah, hopefully so. By the way, all of you Astros fans that are like gloating that that the Rangers celebrated too early and were popping bottles and that the Astros handled it like they've been there before. Grow up. That's garbage. <laughs> That's the yeah, stupidest thing 100%. I've ever seen. They were out in like, sorry, I've been on Twitter way too <laughs> no, much. Go for it. Go days. for it. I like no, it. I, uh, it's, it's ridiculous. It's, it's the most Houston thing I've ever seen. Sorry. Yeah. Had to, had to get that off my chest. I'm, I'm a born and bred Rangers fan, but this isn't the Texas Rangers podcast. This is the Texas private school podcast. Walker lot. Fantastic action in the, past week uh your thoughts on the overall landscape before we dive into it yeah it was a good week guys um great great week has some great matchups some rivalries some good getting into district matchups some of the it's just it's a good week man uh and i'm excited to keep going and uh yeah let's keep it rolling Absolutely. Also, before we get into it, I'm going to bring I'm going to bring this little bit back because I think it's fun. I'm going to give somebody a chance to win a free TXPS media hat like you see us rocking all the time. And it goes back to music because I collect records. I love music. If you see that little album, if I can get my finger there we go. If you see that little album right there. If any of you can name what that album is. I will send you a free TXPS media hat of there your you choosing. Well, there's only one, so you don't really get a choice. But Walker Lot, any any stab at what that album could possibly be? Can you give me a genre? Uh rock kind of. Ooh, um I honestly uh no, I'm not gonna guess because then I'll say a guess and everyone will like chirp me for saying a guess and they're gonna be like, oh, that wasn't real rock, man. I, I, I don't, I don't think anyone, I don't think anyone is gonna be able to get that. It is about as obscure as obscure gets. But um, any any guess of the of the era it might be, nineties. Whoa, is there a little thumbs up thing on my on my? Yeah. <laughs> okay, Zoom is wild and that. Am I gone now? I can I can't see you. Okay, I'm going to. Okay, there we go. My ba- okay. Um, okay. <laughs> Apparently, Zoom's tracking my uh, my motions. Anyways, oh, um, it's a setting in reactions. There you go, oh. guys. Okay. Well, I need to disable that. I'm finally getting outsmarted by technology. I'm getting old now. But all that being said, guess the name of that album. Get a free TXPS media hat. Um, yeah, I think it's a fun time for everyone. That being said, launching straight into the pick records, Walker, you went 15 and four last week for a grand total of 85 and 26 on the season. I went 12 and seven. I am 82 and 29. I, I initiate a three game gap between the two of us. Uh, Yeah. Horrendous week on my part. 12 and seven is just inexcusable getting this close to district. Um, I will say no more because it'll upset me. Walker Lott, you had a great <laughs> week at 15 and four. I mean, you, your thoughts on taking a large lead. Three games is big at this point in the season. Yeah, the Fort Worth schools helped me out this week, man. Uh, Covenant Christian won, Southwest Christian and Temple Christian all won this week. And uh, 817 helped me gain a three uh, game lead. So shout out to the 817 schools. They're the real ones. Yeah, you know, that's that's how it goes. Um, can't say much. Just got to. Got to get back in the lab. Got to do some more transitive property analysis yep. and, and get right. That's how it goes. But before we recap our individual games, we will first launch into our one sentence per game segment that we do every week now. So yep. you'll look at the beautiful TXPS media scoreboard orchestrated by Ryan Schroeder every week. We will, not, we will not take a stab at the five games on the left because we will review those more in depth. But we will start with Lovett Christian blanking Sacred Heart 48 to nothing. Um, at least it wasn't by 96. Uh, interested, you know, that is not what I expected from Munster. I wonder how Sorensky is doing. Good point. Temple Christian beats Mercy Culture Prep 48 to 18. Uh, need John Raybuck. 
This is how the team looks without John Raybuck. You hate to see it. Sad to see. Covenant Christian beats McKinney Christian 34 to 10. Will McKinney ever get back right? We might need to start thinking about Covenant as one of the top teams in Division Three. That's a really good point. Austin Regents beats Victoria St. Joseph's 55 to 7. Business as usual. Uh, D3 down or uh, three down. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, get get Regents out of that district like we've been saying for the past two weeks. I think I'll, I think that's going to be my my one sentence for Regents for the foreseeable future here. It's just yeah. it's insane. Along the same lines, First Baptist beats Waco Riker fifty seven to seven, potentially the best receiving core in the state. Yeah, and uh, the offense is just completely dominant, and they it is not slowing down. Saint Dominic Savio beats Central Texas Christian thirty six to twenty five. Shout out Leighton Riviere, love the Savio team. Also, we've been pronouncing um, Tabor. Tyson's name wrong. We got to DM about that. I, I think it's it's Tabor, not Tubor. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's a that's a great win for Savio. Uh, I still think Central Texas Christian is going to have a good rest of the year. Absolutely. Midland Christian beats Bishop Lynch thirty-two to twenty-seven. Uh, Midland always proves me wrong. They the West Texas grit does not slow down, and it is tougher than most people. Uh, just impressive, impressive win. Absolutely, St. Michael's beats San Antonio TMI fourteen to seven. Uh, good for St. Michael's stout defensive effort. Wow, that is a close game. Um, that is crazy to see how far St. Michael's has come from last year to this year. That's that's crazy. Argyle Liberty beats Frisco Legacy fifty-two to nothing. Uh, unbeaten's only on paper. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the strength of schedule is different between the two teams, and it showed today. San Antonio Christian beats Brownsville St. Joseph's 21-20. to um, Wow, great for San Antonio Christian. St. Joseph, question mark? Yeah, shout out. That's a big win for San Antonio Christian. Shout out to Talon Lewin and company. Big, big win. Yeah, absolutely. Legacy Prep beats Brazos Christian 42-28. to um, Brazos Christian much much farther back than we thought this year uh no doubt uh i guess the one week i saw legacy prep the offense was just a little slow but that offense keeps firing absolutely china st paul edges brentwood christian 28 to 27 um great win for shiner st paul the the run attack still alive and well yeah it's a big win for shiner after a year that they look that they aren't themselves. They're showing it later in the season that they're still the king uh, division four in the South so far, Absolutely. at least. Hallsville Sacred Heart beats Bay Area Christian 35 to 13. Shout out to Nick Angerstein, punter as well as wide receiver. Big win. Sacred Heart is coming for the crown of being now the true king of division four in the South. Absolutely. Punter and kicker, my fault. I can't, I can't compartmentalize him into only one thing. Prestonwood beats Bishop Dunn 49 to 7. Uh, great win for Preston Wood. Takes care of business. Lineman and Bishop Dunn now. Yeah. Uh, hopefully Preston Wood Christian is coming into her own because I would love a good matchup in the in district against Parrish. Absolutely. Hyde Park destroys St. Anthony sixty six to nothing. Um, don't know how much you can how much you can extract like <laughs> from this one. Uh, shout out to Carter Bra for committing to Tulsa, man. Good for you. Uh, congratulations to the the tight end over uh the best tight end in all of TXPS. Uh, making up for the scoreboard, Trinity Valley actually beat Oak Ridge. We got that one wrong, which would have made for a much interesting, more more interesting one sentence. But Trinity Valley beats Oak Ridge. Uh, back on trap, going to be an incredible matchup in Dallas if both teams can take care of business. 100%. They're on a war path, like we said last week, a 63 to 14 win for Turney Valley. John Cooper beats Assertion 42 to 31. John Cooper starting to get back to form in 3A. You love to see it. The young guys are earning their stripes and they're playing pretty, pretty good football right now. Excited to see the rest of the year. Houston Christian beats Green Hill 54 to 9. The train keeps on rolling. Going to be a fun, fun battle here in 3A. Right now, the best team in 3A is showing it week in and week out. St. John's beat St. Mark's 49-7, to one of the best offenses in private school with a huge matchup this week. Yeah, that is how you want to set the tone going into this week. Good, good win for St. John, John's. 
And now we will have a minute with the interns. Hi, I'm Waverly West, a Texas private school media intern out of Brazos Christian School, and I'm going to be recapping their week six game versus Legacy Prep Christian Academy. In the first half, it was all Brazos Christian. Their offense was operating well and their defense was playing lights out, which led to a halftime score of 21 to seven in favor of Brazos Christian. Going into the fourth quarter, it was 28 to 21, still with Brazos Christian leading, but then Legacy Prep scored 21 unanswered points, the last of which came when Brazos Christian was down seven with less than a minute left with a chance to tie the game up, but Legacy Prep's Wyatt Francis came in clutch with a game ending pick six. Legacy Prep ended up winning the game 42 to 28. Their quarterback Wyatt Francis threw for 336 yards, while Brazos Christian's defensive unit had five sacks and eight tackles for loss. That's all for now. Thanks for watching. Moving on into the week five recap, starting with Concordia Lutheran at the Woodlands Christian Academy. Actually, this is the week six recap. I have that wrong on the spread. But Tanner Huckfelt throws for 363 yards and four touchdowns as Concordia Lutheran knocks off the Woodlands Christian Academy 51 to 37. Reese Kutcher goes for 124 yards and two touchdowns as Lou Lamar and Luke Cohen both grab touchdowns as well. Cohen also blocks a punt, which was recovered by Connor Renard en route to a massive win for Concordia. So, Walker, as we mentioned, first of all, I think this was a, a great pick by us. Concordia Lutheran, we've we've traditionally had down in Division One, And going against a team in the Woodlands Christian Academy that might be a little down right now, but usually they're a formidable opponent in Division Two. It's a huge win for Concordia Lutheran. Your thoughts on their output here? Yeah, that's a big win for Concordia. Uh, they might, they might win a couple games this year, man. I'm, I'm excited for it. And, uh, uh, I'm excited for, see how they do in district because, uh, with the team they have, they have a couple guys and Huck felt dealing like he is right now. I'm excited for this, man. They have a good, good squad. And I'm going to just leave it with, uh, a meme that was sent to us, uh, to there as you gotta, uh, you gotta believe, you gotta believe, you gotta believe. So. I, I mentioned on the Twitter space on Friday, um, right to much to Ryan Schroeder's chagrin, he does not like whenever I kind of like take these teams and adopt them as my own, as I already <laughs> have grace. And I kind of I kind of did it with uh, with St. Pius in the past. I did it with um, with Coram Deo last year, even though Coram Deo has made a hard pivot against me, which, you know, for good reason. Mm-hmm. But uh, I might do that with Concordia Lutheran as well. I, I love I love Tanner Huckfelt. I love the engagement that we got from their from their um, fan account. It's it's fantastic. So I, I will be rooting for Concordia Lutheran through the rest of the season. Shout out for a big win here last week. Moving into the next game, ESD at Bel Air Episcopal and three touchdowns from Carson Gordon and three from Brandon Thomas propel Episcopal to a monster 42 to nine win to open district play. Junior Brooks Edwards also snagged a pick six as the EHS defense has been stout on the season, allowing less than 10 points per game, as well as pitching two shutouts. Walker yeah. ESD was, was no pushover at all. They absolutely destroyed Grapevine Faith. Um, They have some good wins on the season. This is less, I think, a testament to ESD being down and more so um, saying that EHS is just on a warpath this season. What do you think about the validity of that statement? Yeah, when we picked the game last year, I kind of said that Bel Air Episcopal is going to kind of set the tone for the rest of, you know, SBC and how they were going to dominate this year. And this is how you do it. ESD is a really good squad and they've had a good, good, like you said, a good couple wins to start the season. And, uh, you know, we talk a lot about Carson Gordon and BJ Thomas and the rest of the guys in the offense, but you really have to give credit to this defense. Even when they were bad the past, you know, a couple years ago, the defense was always so dominant. And that just is a credit to the coaching staff over there and the and the players they have now, these past couple this on the in the in the classes they have right now, man, they are they are loaded with talent on every pretty much every position level. So uh, from DB to linebacker to defensive line, they are ready to go and they play dominantly. So uh, shout out to Bel Air Episcopal, man. And uh, yeah, this, this is, this is going to be a fun one this Friday night. Absolutely. Shout out Bel Air Episcopal. Shout out the defense. Just fantastic effort from them. Moving on into the next game, St. Thomas at Kincaid. Kincaid led this one at the half, but St. Thomas ultimately pulls away to win 28 to 13. Offensively, Vanderbilt commit Johan Cardenas carried the load for the Eagles with 160 yards on the ground, along with two touchdowns. Dante Lewis also added 200 all-purpose yards and two tutties, tossing a score to Larry Benton III. 
Senior Dominic Ori comes up with two sacks, and Tyler Day posts 14 tackles as the St. Thomas defense comes up big to secure this win. Walker, I'll be honest. I when we got that text from our analyst Jack Closek at halftime saying Kincaid was up, I yeah. got incredibly, incredibly scared. I could see the future. I could see Coach Larned um editing us on Twitter with, yep. with another Yellowstone GIF. Um, I could see everyone just flipping on us because that's what Kincaid does. Kincaid goes into these these games against bigger more talented on paper opponents, and they find a way to win. They almost did that here, but ultimately the the talent on St. Thomas really just won the game. Your thoughts on St. Thomas getting a big win here and a trap spot for sure. Yeah, you know, uh, big win for St. Thomas. You know, the the offense did what they needed to do. I still think it's crazy. They put up 28 points, but, you know, Dante added 200 all-purpose yards and two touchdowns with Johan doing his thing. I think that's a good win for St. Thomas against a defense that we have to give credit to, you know, holding – uh, St. Thomas to only 28 points is a win in my book. Like that's, that's huge for that D Kincaid defense. And I think that's going to shock a lot of people uh, when it comes into district and other games, because if they can hold a St. Thomas offense to 28, I'm mean, going to be, it's going to be intriguing to see how they do against a team like uh, St. John's or EHS games like that. They're those offenses for the other teams are going to have to come to play. I know. I think Kincaid is, is, Prime to throw an absolute wrench into this entire SPC 4A. We always mention how chaotic SPC 4A gets once we get into district play, and I think this year will be no exception. I'm incredibly excited to see what happens. But that being said, Walker, we will now move on to a game in which you were at Trinity Christian Addison at Southwest Christian. I know you were exceptionally happy with the result in this one. Your thoughts on the game? Yeah, man, the Eagles didn't let me down, and uh, the Division Two team beat the Division One team seventeen to fourteen, a close one. And it was honestly the battle of the defenses. It was just a defensive heavy matchup, and you know sometimes that's so much fun to watch. Uh, you know, both offenses really couldn't get going. Uh, you know, you know, with the the offense for SES, they run a run heavy offense with you know every single player basically right next to the line, and they just run the ball. And on the other side, Aiden Mills and the rest of the offense just couldn't get it going. The defense for SES came to play, and uh, I think that's at the first of it. We'll, we'll definitely talk about the defensive line led by uh, Jr. Stegall, the 2024 defensive lineman, and also 2026 defensive lineman DJ Beasley. Those two guys, man, uh, exceptional. They're um. I would love to, I would have to look at it a little bit more, but I might make the case for those two being the best duo defensive linemen in that district. And that's a very talented district that those guys are impressive, man. And they're, they're, they don't stop. And like I, I was telling them when they play to their level and not to everyone else's level, that is when they're at their best. And they just, they're dominant, man. Uh, DJ Beasley is a true division one prospect. He, he had multiple uh, force fumble, multiple TFLs. Uh, he's just, he's an athletic freak at like six, one and a half, six, two, um, very quick and athletic off the line of scrimmage. Um, he was just impressive, man. Very, very impressive guy. Uh, Jared Chagall, I think is another division one prospect. If any coaches are out there, have not watched him, his film, please do. He's quick off the line. He's athletic. He's big and he's strong and he's going he to be a great interior defensive lineman for anyone that needs to needs him. On the other side, guys like Blaine Street, the new incoming transfer this year, is a great, great player. Uh, had a crucial force fumble in the fourth quarter uh, and multiple stops. That's the thing also about this SES defense that I want to give credit to. There are multiple times where they were inside the SES the side of the field to like in the red zone, and SES just made plays, missed field goal by TCA forced fumble at like the 15. They just made plays to keep themselves from to keep TCA from scoring. You just got to give credit to them. Uh, Max McCarroll was another great player on the def defensive side of the ball, making tackles, making plays, being where he needs to be. He was crucial for their win. Uh, and a guy who really stood out to me on the offensive side of the ball was 2026 running back Bork Toller. Um, he's a, he's a younger brother of a guy with usually went to high school with and i didn't know who it was and then he went out there and he was like yeah that's my little bro and i went oh my gosh it, you know it's just crazy going back to your alma mater and being like you know guys you went to high school with it's like they're their brother so it's just crazy anyways because now what's crazy was is like the seniors are now there were seventh graders when we were seniors that's crazy um, i've done that math before and it just keeps getting worse and worse it's crazy man but anyways Guy had a he he's strong. He at standing at six one as a, as a sophomore. He's fast. He's athletic and he's he's strong and he runs hard. And uh, he the big score of the night to get it to uh, 
get seven points on the board. He had an 85-yard touchdown run, also other big, big runs throughout the game. He's going to be definitely one to watch. He's one of the better athletes in that 26 class in that d- district and in Division Two. He's going to be a good player to, for years to come. Uh, Wyatt Averhoff was another big player. Wilson Jones, uh, Caleb Corlin on the defensive line, shout out our TXPS intern. They they just have a good squad, man. And at the end of the day, they're gonna they're gonna make some people very anxious going into some games like All Saints and Liberty because they just play tough, they play gritty, and they just play mean and physical. And that's what is gonna win them in games and surprise a lot of people. So um I'm I'm very impressed with this team. Uh, Coach Dick Dixon has a great team over there, and I'm excited for the future of that our SES Eagles. On the other side, TCA has a guys. The, the offensive lines, they looked imp- like like looking at them, like they looked impressive. A couple big, big dudes, and you know, it's gonna be impressive, man. I just don't know. Uh it's just it's just interesting, man. Uh you should beat like a TCA team should beat a team like SES, right? Because they are the bigger team. And if you hold any shot of beating a team like Bishop Lynch or Nolan or other teams like that, you're going to have to beat teams like this. So hopefully it's a wake-up call for them and they can win a couple games in district, which we kind of believe they could. Uh, it's just going to be an interesting one. But um, I want to give a credit to uh, uh, 2025 linebacker Colton Cook. He had 20 tackles on the game, which was a school record. And uh, that's just impressive, man. They, they have a good squad over there, and I'm excited to see them grow. Yeah, absolutely. To follow up on that, I will ask because SCS moves into a murderer's row after this week, or they yep. they're on a bye this week. But next week they go. It's it's versus All Saints at Liberty Christian versus Fort Worth Christian at Midland. Obviously, an impressive outing here. How do you see them faring in a in a absolutely stacked District One? In my opinion, right, I think they have All Saints at home. And I really love that they get a buy right now this next week, and they and they have to play all states at home. And I personally, you know, SES is one of the best play environments. I'm not, I'm not even lying. You know, I was back in the day getting the crowd hype when it's when it's when it's juiced and it's juiced up. It's a fun time, man. And I think when you get the crowd into it, it's at home, and they play mean, fast, and physical. I think this SES team can maybe punch all states in the mouth and kind of maybe shock them a little bit. Liberty. At Liberty too, I don't know about that one. I think Liberty is showing they're the best team in the state for a reason. So I can't. I'm not going to be too biased in saying I think they have a, a chance there. But I think they beat Fort Worth Christian, especially they have them at home. Midland is going to be an interesting one because they have to take the bus right out there. But I, I'm not trying to be biased. I really do think if they hit them in the mouth in Midland and All Saints in the mouth, there could be a chance that you know SES could wind up in that second spot this week this year in division in district one but also i can see them being that you know third place team in that district as well so it's or third or fourth place team in that district so it's gonna be interesting to watch i think ses has the talent and a couple guys to do it i don't know if any other team has a dynamic duo on the defensive line to cause chaos like ses does so if those guys jr and, and dj play at their strengths and the guys around them on the defensive side if their defense holds them in games, you never know, man. You never know. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think all that's correct. I think SCS has a great chance to go out and maybe finish second or third in that district, which would be huge for them. I'm really excited to see how the Eagles perform moving through the season. But that being said, we will move on to the last game we're going to recap. Fort Worth Christian at Dallas Christian, a game that I was at covering Fort Worth Christian will not be receiving the keys to my house this year as DC stomps the Cardinals 58 to 16. Jaden Davis has a monster day at the office going for four touchdowns as the senior running back is finally finding his role for the Chargers in a big, big way. Listen, Speedy Nettles is absolutely ridiculous. Two kick return touchdowns, an absolute ear hole sack. He can literally make plays from any position on the field. That is not a hyperbole. You line Speedy up anywhere on the field, he will make plays, I guarantee you. There's a high probability that he's the best player in the state. I remember some D.C. fans were in my mentions last year, I think early last year, and they were like, Speedy Nettles is the best player in the state. And I was like, I was like, dude, you're crazy crazy i was like i know y'all are like juiced about your own guys but that's that's kind of a crazy take um it might not be after watching him i don't know if there's a single guy that pops off the page as much as him it is ridiculous 
Also, Luke Carney has made tremendous strides as a passer. And that's not even to say that he started out as, as a mediocre or a bad passer. He started out good. And just the balls that he's throwing at this point in the year is still only a young junior. It's it's ridiculous. It's DC has a wealth of assets. And it's just it, it's crazy to see them doing this against uh against D2 teams and now what they're gonna do against D3 teams. It's honestly, it's it's honestly just very funny. Chris Scott and DJ Lampkins are also monsters for this DC defense. Chris Scott just recently coming back from ACL injury looks looks great. They're working him into the offense. DJ Lampkins is also a monster. I can say that about almost every guy that lines up at any position for the Chargers. It's I'm a broken record. It's it's just absolutely overwhelming. Some Cardinals were impressive in the loss, however. Quarterback Luke Dodd made some really, really nice throws, and that's not a given against D.C., considering how much pressure you're usually under. He looked very good. Also, for uh, for fourth Christian, Cade Crawford made some fantastic catches. He looked very, very good. He went out with an injury, I think, around the second quarter. I don't remember if he returned. Um, if, if he didn't, hoping all the best to him and a speedy recovery, but he is a dude for this Cardinal squad. Look for him to make big plays along with Dodd as we move into district play. Walker Lott, DC just keeps on rolling. Your thoughts on them taking care of business at Wheeler Field. Yeah, that's a good win for DC. You know, always beating a rival after losing to them last year is always huge. Uh, and shout out to DC, you know, getting the job done here. Uh, we're going to get you the keys to Wes's house. We will have that to you by uh, spring ball of next year uh be on the lookout for that it will be done uh did you ever get your keys this game did ever did it ever get to no you? i didn't i did i felt like it would be inappropriate to go hound the fourth christian <laughs> sideline after a running clock and be like hey where are my keys at i feel like that's a good way to get slapped understandable uh, absolutely right right decision but yeah good win i'm si- excited to see how Jaden davis comes into this this team and keeps developing into a star player that he is uh and you you know you said the rest i would love to ask you about uh Tucker Ashford, a guy who I'm really high on. What how did you think about him in this game? He looked good. He he caught some balls from Dodd, if I remember correctly. I just think it was he he looked good uh running the ball, sorry. But um but um I think Kay Croffler really just shined the brightest for me. Ashford looked good. He'll make he'll make very key plays um in district in a very hard district. But I I just was kind of blown away by the catches and traffic that Croffler made when he got the ball thrown to him. 100%. Cool. All right. With that being said, we will now move on into one of my personal favorite segments that we do every week. Do they cover? So, Walker, we have made some executive decisions and we have expanded the do they cover list to four teams, one for each division based on some feedback from you, the people. We will start with the two traditionals, DC and Parish, this year or this week. Does Dallas Christian cover their 39 and a half point versus Dallas Covenant? Yes. I, I really almost said bet your house on it. I think this, I'm not going to say that because that's the tremendous jinx. Um, very confident in that. Don't overthink it. Uh, yeah, 100%. I think 39 and a half. I think that's a good spread. Give me DC. Next game, does Parrish cover minus 35 and a half versus Bishop Lynch? I'm a little more hesitant here. Lynch can score the ball really well um the loss against midland doesn't bode too well for them uh, i think that lynch is going to score but Parrish is going to score more 35 and a half yeah give me give me Parrish. wow i'll go the opposite of you i'll, I'll go i'll go lynch in this one i think uh i do kind of don't like that Parrish is off a of bye you know rested and going into this one but uh i'm gonna see is it at home where is it at let's look i want to say it's at Parrish. let me look I got it. Uh, Parish. Okay, it's at Bishop Lynch. I'm gonna say at home, Bishop Lynch. Give me. They're gonna cover the spread. Perfect. Yeah, I, I do like that. A little bit of duality here. Moving into the new bloods in this segment, Liberty Christian. Does Liberty Christian cover? This might be the most useful outside of DC um, in this segment because I don't know if outside of All Saints, if any of these games are going to be even worth in-depth analysis. Uh, Liberty is a 34.5-point favorite versus Fort Worth Christian. Uh, yes, no-brainer. I take this as high as like 50 points. Yeah, they uh besides one, which was a 31 to nothing win against the Episcopal School of Dallas, uh, every team they at least scored 48 on. And uh yeah, so give me, give me, give me Arcal Liberty. 
Moving into the last team that we will ask, a team that's honestly one of my personal favorites in the state. Does Dallas First Baptist cover? First Baptist is a nine and a half point versus Munster Sacred Heart. Yes, absolutely. They cover the spread. Uh, C. Yes, it will. Sorry, C isn't Spanish. Yes. Uh, yes, they will say, cover say it, it in Chinese. Uh, sure. 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 I'm going to start, I'm going to start doing my, uh, my, do they cover segments in Chinese? I'm just going to learn yes and no, and then just uh, do that. Sure is yes. Boo is no. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome, everyone. I, I, I like that a lot. Boo. No. Okay. So that being said, that is our do they cover segment. Now we will move on into the TXPS power rankings. And guess what? They're the exact same as last week. Everyone <laughs> in the top 10 win. So there is no reason in our minds to move anyone down. I'm sure we're going to see a lot of this shakeup come district. So probably the last easy week on our part for power rankings. But Walker, very quickly, anything of note to, to say or any any future projections based on the power rankings? Uh, I'm excited for a couple games. Does, uh, you know, like does Redis is going to probably roll through district. But First Baptist, when they come play, uh, love it Christian in a couple weeks. Does that move them out or do they stay in? It's gonna be interesting to watch there. St. John's does St. How okay, let's take it. Let's talk about this. We'll talk about it in a second, of course. But if St. John's beat EHS, where do they go up into the ranks? You know, that's gonna be the that's gonna be hard to find. Does EHS how far do they drop? It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting because do you after one loss to St. John's, do you move them all the way down to 10? You can't, right? So you Yeah, but like, you'd have to have St. John's jump them, which again we're we're speculating, but that would like I said, SPC 4A is always chaos. It's uh yeah, it's gonna be very interesting to see. 100 percent But that being said, we will revisit our power rankings after some inevitable chaos this week. And we will jump into our five games of the week, but not before we have a word from High Point Science and Apparel. Walker, you see the hat on my head. Oh, um, I love it. Designed by us, made by High Point Science and Apparel. This None of this, our merch line would have made, would have been even close to possible without them. And like I've said before, you, you look at a project as daunting as designing your own apparel line, and you're like, this is going to be a monster to get done. There's no way I can work with somebody to execute the vision that I have. Well, High Point does it, and they do it very, very well. I can't say enough about how seamless the process was, how great the people there were. Listen, overall, they don't miss deadlines. They provide exceptional customer service. We're living testaments to that. We had a ton of calls and meetings with them. Everything is super efficient. They will meet or beat any price that you have. They also create online stores that can provide your employees with apparel, or they can be profit centers, just like we set up to sell our merch. They're fantastic. They do it the right way, and they're just overall fantastic. We love High Point Science and Apparel. Walk a lot. you have anything to say about the great folks over at High Point Science and Apparel? Yeah, you know, you talked about earlier the chaos that SBC 4A brings. You know who doesn't bring chaos at all? High Point Signs and Apparel. And uh, they were very easy to work with. Like you said, it was awesome to use them. And we're, we're excited to continue to use them for other apparel lines down the line. Uh, special thanks to them. Hey, guys, district's right around the corner. If you win district and you want to do a district champion shirt, reach out to them. Playoffs are coming around. If you want to do shirts for them reach out to them, uh, signs or anything else for your schools, your lawns, anything you need for your businesses galore, definitely go reach out to High Point Signs and Apparel. Exactly. Shout out to High Point Signs and Apparel. All of their links are in the show notes and our description. Please click that, check them out, schedule a consultation with them. They are absolutely fantastic. So thank you to High Point Signs and Apparel for sponsoring this episode. All righty. We are here for our games of the week that we will pick. Joined by a special guest, SBC analyst Jack Klosek. Jack, I'm, I'm very happy that I'm in the habit of saying your name right since it was Klosek for like, for like three months, but I'm glad that I can get that right. Also, how are you doing? Uh, what have you been up to in New York? Wes, thank you as always for having me. It's, it's an honor to be included on this podcast. New York is good. I'm working with the football team now, doing game day operations and such, which is a lot of fun. Um, really, just as Walker can attest to working with Texas, getting to work with an athletic department, especially at the Division One level, has been a huge blessing up here. And then I've been enjoying doing some more original content this year. I've been doing a couple previews for SBC games games and then joining on the uh weekly uh texas private school space on friday night so i've been a contributor to most of those um but it's good to be back on the recorded portion of this as i haven't done it since uh since about august so happy to be here absolutely it's a fun time jack i noticed some good kid mad city and also 
some beetles on your wall. I, I really appreciate the taste. I will pose to you a question. I mentioned at the top of the episode that if anyone can get can get us the uh, the name of that album back there behind me, uh, I don't know if you can see it. They're going to get a free TXPS hat. Any any just shot in the dark at what that might be? It's not a tribe. It's not a tribe called Quest, right? No, it's not. This is a good. I mean, it's not the guess isn't close, but I do respect the tribe guest. I didn't know it, so. I had no idea. I'll be I honest. You, I I don't think you'll get it. What what um what decade do you think it's from? Nineties. Close, not quite. It's I'll give it. It's it's late sixties for anyone that wants a for wants a close. Really? Yes. It's um yeah. I, I'm the only reason I'm wagering this hat on it is because I'm very sure that nobody will get it. And it's uh I'll reveal the next episode well, most we, likely. We, it's we have a lot of parents out there. Like so. It's not we like do. it's, it's not like it's not like Jefferson Airplane or something like that. No, no, it's not. I don't even. I'm not even <laughs> entirely sure what that is, and that's hard to stuff, <laughs> stuff another, like that. So that's like that's like that's like a grand that's like a fan my grandparents listen to. In full honesty, <laughs> I got to give shout, shout out to my my roommate. He plays those are his albums. He he plays football at Columbia. So gotta that's give fantastic. a shout out to, Pat, no, to my man got, Patrick. He's got he's got good taste. He's fantastic music taste. I love me some some good Kid Mad City. That being said, Absolutely. this isn't a music critique podcast, although we might make that pivot at some point. I wouldn't mind that. We we, this is a private school picks podcast, and we will start with Midland at Fort Worth All Saints. Fort Worth All Saints is a 16.5 point favorite in this one. A huge matchup to kick off the District of Doom. Midland will take the long bus ride to the 817 to face the Saints. Midland's rebounded nicely after an 0-3 start, knocking off 6A Del Rio before a minor upset of Bishop Lynch last Friday. Senior quarterback Colton Newsom is as tough as nails in between him, Briley Perez, and Keller Weathers. The this Midland rushing attack is as primed as ever. Brady Young and Mason Hoosier are weapons as well in the defensive end, making a living in the opponent's backfield. All Saints suffered their first loss versus 4A Anna last week, but have been impressive on the year thus far. Listen, Junior quarterback Kelvin Ryan is a star. The Hokie commit becomes superhuman with the ball in his hands, and he will be a threat every single play on Friday. You match that with Reed Watkins, Dougie Doddard, and Elijah Johnson, and I think Fort Worth Allsense is going to put up some numbers on a Mustang defense that's allowing 36 points per game up to this point on the season. Uh, give me Allsense in this game. Walker Lott, your thoughts? Yeah, going to go Allsense here too. I think the spread is a good spread. I I really like Bradley Perez and Colton Newsom from Midland, and I think they're a good squad. Knocking off Bishop Lynch last week is a good, good win. Um, but I just think this Fort Worth All team team is too talented. Midland has to drive all the way to Fort Worth to come play this game, and Fort Worth Fort Worth All Saints at home is good. I think Kelvin Ryan coming in the district with everyone else, and guys, you didn't even mention guys like uh, Colmont Williams and others. Like they have a good squad, man, and I'm excited to see how this team does. And uh, yeah. Uh, go all saints go all saints saints yeah absolutely i think it's i think it's going to be interesting you can never really count out the midland grit but i think all saints has just a ton of talent jack Klosek, uh midland at fort worth all saints midland maybe suffering some bus fatigue in this matchup your thoughts on the game yeah you brought it you brought it up i, I can tell you somebody you know played an spc had to travel up to dallas it's not easy to take that bus ride um, whether you're going from Midland to Dallas, or you're going from Houston to East Texas, or Houston to Dallas, or you know Austin to Houston, and so on and so forth. I got all Saints. They're a very talented team. Coach Beck does a great job with that program. Um, you know, All Saints has been you know by far and away the better team in most of their games, and they've shown they can go to other states. They smoked Holland Hall and even kept it competitive with Anna. And I'm not sure there are many teams outside of maybe Episcopal or Parish Episcopal that could keep it close with Anna. They only lost by 18. That's a very respectable performance against a tough, uh, tough public school. But give me, give me all Saints. They have a chip on their shoulder after losing to Fort Bend in the championship. And they showed last year they just came out of nowhere and beat Liberty Christian. They're going to be a force to be reckoned with in the, uh, in the playoffs. Give me all Saints. I like that pick. We're all three on All Saints. Actually, I don't like that pick because, <laughs> good Lord, if Midland wins this game after we all three picked them, that's going to be a, a social media uh, fill-in-the-blank storm. That's going to be wild. But that being said, we will move on into our next matchup, Episcopal at St. John's. Episcopal is a 19-and-a-half-point favorite. Can't really think of anyone better to preview this game than SBC analyst Jack Klosek. So, Jack, EHS at St. John's. What are we going to expect on Friday night? You are going to see a more competitive performance than St. John's last year. I know coming into this game, last year Episcopal had lost to ESD, and St. John's had beaten St. Mark's, and St. John's had a chance to eliminate Episcopal. 
And that game just meant more to Episcopal. They just ran all over the blitz them. I think it was a 41 to seven final. It was at Episcopal. It was like the KPRC game of the week. Um, and just, you know, from having friends on that, on that Episcopal team, that game just meant more to them. If you remember in 2021, Episcopal actually lost to St. John's for the first time in a decade at St. John's. That was a major upset. Um, while St. John's all is as good, if not better than this past year, you know, Episcopal just has completely reloaded Brandon Thomas, Carson Gordon, Braylon Thompson, Billy Wheelis, Hutch, or excuse me, not Hutch Coward. Um, Billy, uh, I said Billy Wheelis, Cullen Witt, you know, and even newer guys like um, Matt and Morgan and uh, last name is Sasarski. Maybe is it Tyler Sasarski? Oh, yeah. yeah, Tyler Sasarski. Tyler Sasarski. Um, you know, Episcopal's by far and away been the, be- been the better team just in, you know, in five of their six games so far, just, you know, not even competitive outside of Parrish. Um, and, you know, even with Stephen Gill, Michael Murphy, Logan Don, Lee Cole Allen, just obliterating the field on offense and putting up ridiculous numbers and coach Kevin Veltry, former Kincaid offensive coordinator, and just has done wonders there. I just think St. John's defense is not there yet. Um, coach McKay is great was my freshman baseball coach at Kincaid. Kincaid alum was the defensive line coach at Kincaid for six, seven years. He's a defensive coordinator there. You know, he told me that they were going to have, they were going to have some growing pains. They have a young defense and they've matured as the season went on, you know, from giving up, you know, 63 points to St. Thomas in week one. But I see more of a shootout. Um, I see more of a shootout um, type scenario, similar to St. Thomas, but because of his, was a better defense overall than St. Thomas. I got Episcopal and, and, you know, while I, I'll never, I'll never root for the blue school. And I got a little bit of a, I'll never root for the red school either. But, you know, since, um, you know, there are four coaches on staff who, you know, went to Kincaid or coached at Kincaid, you know, it'll be so cool to see Episcopal get them this year, but I just don't see it happening quite yet. You know, I think that St. John's will be more competitive in this game. It's not going to be an absolute blowout. I think St. John's offense will have its moments, but Episcopal is going to, should take care of this one. Um, and you know the madness that is SBC four A will continue. That's just where that's just where I see it. I, I, Episcopal is just too strong this year, even with as you know St. John's being having the best team that they may have had in the past you know twenty thirty years. Um, I think Episcopal gets it done by by. Uh, I'll, I'll go two touchdowns on Friday, at least two touchdowns. Yeah, I, I like your mention, Jack, of of still never being able to root for the blue school or red school uh you're you're in you're in good company here um i i <laughs> like brook hill's program a lot and the guys they brought in but i, I can never especially if they're playing grace can never root for them even though mm-hmm. it's still a great program don't come at us brook hill but uh yeah i have to agree with you uh ehs is on an absolute war path the spread is 19 and a half here um I don't know. I think St. John's defense is going to give up points. They looked impressive in games like Second Baptist and Fort Bend, giving up only seven and 15 points there. Granted, those teams, you know, are down this year. But um, I think that EHS, I think St. John's will score. I just think EHS is going to score a lot more in this game. It's going to be, there's almost nobody in the state that can stop EHS. And I don't think St. John's can be able to do it. Give me Episcopal. Walk a lot. Yeah, um, I was at this matchup last year when it was at EHS, and it was a good one, but I think the Episcopal defensive line kind of did not let Stephen Gill have any time last year, and uh, I think the offensive line for St. John's is much better this year, and uh, I think that I think they're, uh, they're a good squad. They're a really, really good squad, and I think their offense is going to score points, but like kind of what we're all saying, I think this uh, the defense – for St. John's is just not as good as it needs to be to compete with a team like uh Bel Air Episcopal. So give give me EHS in this one. I think you look like I've been saying all year, I think uh Carson Gordon is going for that large school player of the year title right now, and he is not stopping. And uh yeah, this is just gonna be another one in his belt of of a big win over St. John's. But this also could be the preview for the SBC 4A state championship this year. So it could be one to watch. Yeah, it very well could. It's going to be interesting. As we mentioned several times this episode already, uh, 4A is always chaos in SBC. We're going to get a few weeks in, and there's going to be so many tiebreaker rules we're going to be trying to pull out of the sky to compare teams. I, I think it'll be a fun time. But that being said, we will move on into our next game to preview. Houston Christian at Cypress Christian. Cypress is a eight-and-a-half-point favorite in this one. A very interesting non-district contest will take place Friday as Houston Christian takes on the Warriors of Cyprus. 
Cypress is led in large part by junior running back John Kelly, a true Division I prospect, and for good reason if you turn on the tape. Houston Christian recently emerged as the front runners for SPC 3A, and behind Kilchrist, Malaroy, Pigeon, and Ellie Stewart, it's, it's easy to see why. This game is interesting to me for this reason. I think if Cypress comes out and wins this game, they could establish themselves as a viable threat to Dallas Christian in Division Three. On the flip side, if Houston Christian dominates this matchup, I think they can show they're clearly in the driver's seat for SBC 3A. I, it's interesting. I like this game not because of these two teams matching up against each other, but what it means for both of them moving forward. It's incredibly yeah. interesting. I think if you just look a little bit beyond the surface in this game, it can tell you so much about the landscapes of Division Three and SBC 3A. That's just my opinions. All that being said, um, I, I've got to take Houston Christian here. Um, I'm not doing myself really any favorites with Cyprus. Uh, I do like Cyprus Christian, despite what some people think. I like Cyprus Christian a lot. It's a great culture. John Kelly, Zeke Hogan, guys like that are fantastic for this team. I just think after watching Houston Christian, they are so much better than people give them credit for. Kilchrist, like I've said, Johnny Manziel is a lazy comparison for quarterbacks that can that can run and throw and just are gritty. It's who Kilchrist plays like, man. I am a huge fan of him. I'm a huge fan of everyone on that team. Give me Houston Christian to win this game. I like that. Uh for Mike, I have a question for you, Wes. How hmm. good was the run defense for Houston Christian against TBS? Uh, it, it was a little it was a little suspect, mostly in part because of how good TBS's running back looked. And that's an interesting point, Walker. John Kelly's gonna be an even better running back than that. So I think it could be closer than we think. Because um because I'm trying to think in my head, because I think the the three tandem combination of Kelly Hayduck and Brody Johnson as the three running back tandem. At least those are the ones that played against LSA. Uh, I mean, I think Hayduck and John Kelly are going to get you know twenty carries each this game, and I think that's going to help you that offense is going to be going through. If if Houston Christian can stop the run, which you know they might have not been able to do fully against TBS, I, I might take Cypress here, but. I'm going to take Houston Christian here because of the opposite. If they're able to stop the run, and I know it was only one game, so I could be wrong, but the passing attack for Cypress was just not there when I watched them against LSA. Yeah, it was it was just not the greatest I've ever seen. And with the DBs that Houston Christian has with Jordan Ellie Stewart and others, I just don't think they're going to be able to pass the ball on this Houston Christian team. And Houston Christian is going to score a lot of points. They're very good. I think you know Cypress has a great defense. I think uh, uh, Max Maximus Suppley, the defensive lineman, the edge rusher, he's gonna be a great player with Jacob Rouge and others. But I, I really think they're gonna be able to pass the ball on this defense. So I'm gonna take Houston Christian in this one. But if Cypress is able to run the ball, they're gonna make me regret my pick. So it's gonna be interesting to watch. I think so for sure. Jack Klosek, uh, an SBC team and a Taps team face off. Mm -hmm. Are you gonna do what I expect you to do, or are you gonna go against the grain? No, give me Houston Christian. Um, I, I actually don't think don't don't even th I don't think it's as close as you guys are making it out to be. Um, I think Cypress Christian has taken a step back. Um, they've they've you know e they haven't fared against even like I think they lost to they they lost to Hallettsville. They lost to I want to say maybe Par Paradise or Lexington. I think it was Paradise. Paradise I mean, they, and Troy. They, they lost to Paradise. They lost to Troy. I, I mean. You know, it's tough when you play the game like, oh, you know, this team would have beat that team. But I just think with Houston Christian's offense, they would have beaten at least two or three. Hallettsville is a good team. They beat Central Catholic, so I'm not I'm not really going to go to bat for that. But, you know, those smaller, you know, 3A, 2A schools that, you know, Cypress Christian was losing to, I think the only, the only one they beat is Milano. Um, I, I got Houston Christian. I think their offense is too powerful. And, you know, you, you got to look at it. They beat they beat Trinity Valley. I think I, I would take Trinity Valley over Cypress Christian. They scored 28 points against St. John's after, like, last year losing, I think, like, 56 to 14 or something like that. Yeah. They, you know, they've won every other game. Um, you know, they beat Lutheran South pretty handedly. Um, Country Day and Cypress Christian would probably be a pretty good game. I mean, the comparison that we've used is, right, Taps 3A or uh, excuse me, Taps Division 3, Division 4 is kind of akin to SPC 3A. So that's kind of the measuring stick that I use, albeit it's not a perfect one. But give me Houston Christian. I'm a huge fan of what they're doing over there. I think when you have a quarterback like Brett Kilchrist and you run a system 
like a coach Clayton Webb, who's their offensive coordinator does where you're running the run and shoot, which uses a lot of staple air raid concepts and you're running mesh, you're running Y cross or, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're passing the ball, you're throwing the ball, you're going up tempo. That's tough. That's tough to compete with, especially because, you know, Cypress Christian runs the ball. They don't have that passing attack to keep up with it. Um, give me, give me Houston, give me Houston Christian. I think this is going to be a good game for them. I think, um, I, I think it's going to, and it's probably going to be the best competition they play the rest of the way until they face what I believe to be Trinity Valley again. Because think about who they have left. They have Cistercian, they have Oak Ridge, and they have Cooper. Yeah. They're going to kill Cistercian. They're going to kill Oak Ridge. Um, they got to make sure that they're on top of it. Cause you know, if you take a team lightly, they can come and get you. If they take Cooper lightly, Cooper will make that game interesting. Last year, if you remember Houston Christian made that game interesting for John Cooper, I'm not saying that maybe they took it lightly or not, but last year's Cooper team should have beat Houston Christian a lot worse than they did last year. Yeah. But you know, when you look at it, this is a, this is probably the best team in my opinion that they're going to face till they face Trinity Valley. So, you know, with what they're doing with what I can see, you know, you know, their coaching staff, you know, seems like that they've, They've upgraded from maybe when I was playing Houston Christian. Like when I played Houston Christian, they had they had different coaches there. Um, and actually, two coaches from Houston Christian came over and were coaching my team. They left Houston Christian, came to Kincaid. Um, so I, I I just don't see um, I see them taking this this game very seriously, especially because they lost to Cypress Christian last year. Like I I keep hammering the point, and I'm going to continue to do it. Houston Christian went three and seven last year. They lost to Lutheran South last year. They lost to Trinity Valley last year. They lost to Oak Ridge last year. They lost to Sturgeon last year. These are teams that they got payback against, and obviously some of those teams have declined. But, my, you know, Houston Christian is going to be coming to play. This is their last real chance because, you know, you can work on stuff against an Oak Ridge or a Sturgeon, but it doesn't simulate what kind of game you're going to get against Trinity Valley. Um, and, and for those reasons, i got to take Houston Christian, and I, th- I think they win by a couple touchdowns. Yeah, I think so as well. I mean, if you want to use some transitive property here, which I, you know, warn against, it's not applicable in football, but sometimes it's the best we have. Um, Cypress Christian beat Lutheran South 35 to 12. Houston Christian beat Lutheran South 35 to 16. So not a perfect measuring stick, but if that's the only one you want to use, you would assume that the two teams are pretty equal. We will see if that plays out on Friday. Moving into the next game to preview, that is Parrish at Bishop Lynch. Parrish is a 35 and a half point favorite. You may ask yourself why we're previewing a game between two teams below 500. Regardless of records, both of these teams still have some incredible talent. It's funny I'm saying that about Paris, as as if Paris doesn't have some of the best talent in the state every year. But this will be a great matchup to kick off Taps Division I, nevertheless. Parrish isn't the tidal wave of death that they were last year, but losses to Alito, Episcopal, and Sock can certainly be excused. The Sawyer-Anderson to Hutch Crow connection has been one of the best duos in the state thus far, and with Maddox Reed in the mix, it's safe to say that Parrish has their three-headed monster. Defensively, Caleb Mitchell-Irving, if he's ready to go, anti-witty make for a formidable front, and guys like D.C. Crane in the back end will have to step up against a very good Lynch receiving core. As I mentioned against D.C., it looked very impressive. As for Lynch, Godswill Giudolor is the motor of this offense, one of the toughest runners in the state. He is a load to bring down, and he will test this parish front, certainly. Add in legend Howell slinging the rock to Ty Bradley and P.J. Washington, and I think Lynch is going to have a great opportunity to move the ball Friday night. However, I think Lynch's defense lacks the capability to stop the multitude of weapons that Parrish's offense boasts, which is why I'm taking the Panthers to get the win here. Listen, I, people are going to see the matchup, Parrish versus Bishop Lynch, the spread, Parrish minus 35 and a half, and say Parrish is just going to come out, dispose of Lynch with no problem. And it's funny, I, I picked Parrish to cover the spread, but I will caution against this. Lynch's offense is good, and I've been saying for a few weeks that Lynch's offense can move the ball on Parrish when they play. Will they? That's a whole other story. But I love Ty Bradley. I love uh, Legend Howell. I love God's Will Giadolor. And I love P.J. Washington, even though he didn't perform to the expectation that I assumed against D.C., I still think he has the potential to be one of the best slot receivers in the state. But that is a long-winded way of saying that I think Parrish is going to win this game. Walker Lott, what are your thoughts on the matchup? Yeah, this is a good one. Um, I'll go Parrish. I think it's going to be... Um, I think it's going to be a good matchup and I'm really excited to see this game go. Uh, 
I, I think you're right. I think Lynch is going to score a lot of points. And if their defense can hold them, I, we could be on upset alert. But uh, I, I I think the offense for Parrish is going to be a little too much. And I think, that, you know, they're, they're going to score a lot of points. And uh, it's just going to be interesting to see if Lynch can, you know, you know, you know, back that up and match them in points. So, uh, but yeah, give me, give me Parrish in this. I think it's, it's a good, it's a good game. And I think Lynch is not going to be, is going to go away quietly, but uh, I think Parrish is going to form, be formidable in district. Like they always are. It's just, it's going to be interesting to watch. Absolutely. Jack Klosek, your picks on the game. So I think one thing that Lynch falls victim to is they're a good team that plays a really tough non-district schedule. True. You're playing LD Bell, which is a 6A program. Salina is a powerhouse. Liberty, you're playing um, DC. And then, you know, they, they beat like, uh, I think, Newman International Academy, which is, I guess, some, maybe some sort, of char- some sort of charter school. Um, yeah. And then, you know, t- uh, tough loss to Midland Christian, right? So, you know, Legend Howell is a real deal. Um, and then, you know, Parrish took a step back. They also play a really tough non-district schedule, but they got a win against China Spring, which is a good win for them, you know. Went kind of toe-to-toe with Alito for most of it. I mean, South Oak Cliff just killed them and went toe-to-toe with Episcopal. But I don't know. I think if you replay that game, if you replay that game versus um, Episcopal, I think maybe you have a different result. It's tough to beat a team twice. I mean, those are two pretty evenly matched teams. Um, but give me Parrish. Um, I still think that Sawyer-Anderson, the Hutch-Crow connection, uh, Caleb Mitchell-Irving um, – they they have a they have a lineman who's really good. I Sam think his Lee. first name is Sam. Yeah, really lo- love his love his film. Um, and Coach Novikov, who's actually a St. Mark's alum, um, has done such a great job with that program. I don't think I think Lynch closed the gap a bit, but not enough to where this game is. You know, this game is anything close to upset alert, in my opinion. I think Parrish gets it done by three touchdowns or so. So that being said, that actually leads into this. What I was going to ask you, Parrish is a 35 and a half point favorite in this game. Me and Walker gave our picks on the spread earlier. What are your, what are your thoughts? Parrish minus 35 and a half. I don't know if they cover. I don't know if they cover. Um, I, 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 it's, it's tough winning by, you know, winning by winning by five touchdowns is, is tough. You kind of have to, for me to feel comfortable making that, you know, if I were a betting man for me to feel comfortable, I'd need a matchup like, and, you know, uh, Second Baptist Episcopal this year or Nolan Catholic Episcopal. I'd need something like that. I don't, I don't, I don't know if Parrish covers this time. Could I see them going, going out there and going scorched earth on, on, uh, on Lynch? Absolutely. I could see, w- wouldn't shock me if they go out there and win 49-7. Just, you know, that's sometimes, that's sometimes how Bookie crumbles. I wasn't, you know, I'll give you an example. Last week I, I, I picked St. John's to, to beat St. Mark's, but, Winning forty nine to seven, I wasn't. I wasn't sure if I was expecting that. Um, so yeah, it's always interesting picking the spreads makes you get a little out of your comfort zone sometimes. But that yeah. that's the fun part. By the way, uh, annual or uh, episodic disclaimer: we don't make the spreads. Someone will always, you know, forget to realize that, and I have to say that every episode do not chirp me if a spread is crazy wrong and you cover the spread we don't make spreads uh this is not financial advice uh any disclaimer any disclaimer you want to post on the board we don't make the spreads that being said we will move into the final game to analyze and objectively the best game it, there's no argument grapevine faith at grace community school it's not tyler grace it's grace community grace community is a two and a half point favorite in this matchup and we will be treated to a contest with district title implications to open district Friday night at Clyde Perkins Stadium. Grace has swept their non-district slate for the second straight year, but last year was stomped by Faith 50-6 to in their district opener. First-year signal caller Zach Davis will look to reverse the script on Faith, and behind him, Grant Turner and JT Williams, a Grace offense averaging over 50 points a game, will look to exploit a Faith unit giving up 41. Grace's defense has performed as well on the season, allowing only 17 points a game, and it's easy to see why with linebackers Blake Harmon and Dylan Taylor knocking heads. However, the best player on the field will most likely be the Air Force commit Clayton Sebecki on Friday. The running back turned quarterback for Faith is arguably the most dynamic playmaker in the division, and it's almost impossible to contain him when he gets the ball in his hands. If we want to do some transitive property work, 
Faith beat Brook Hill 42 to 21 to open the season. Grace only beat Brook Hill 23 to 19 in a game that Brook Hill led into the fourth quarter and had me sweating a lot. A smart analyst would take this and say that, along with the result last year, Faith will take care of business in this game. But I'm no smart analyst. If you think for half a second I will ever pick against Grace Community, you have another thing coming. Don't look at anything I've said in the past. There's no, I've never picked against Grace Community, never in my life. Grace Community is going to come out and show this is not the same team as last year. It's going to sweep non-district and get blasted by faith. They're going to come out, make a statement win on Friday night, and prove that this division is going to be theirs, this district. Excuse me, I'm getting ahead of myself. That being said, Grace Community, Grace Community, Grace Community, I ride and die for the Cougars. <laughs> Walk a lot. Your thoughts? <laughs> um, you will be on scene for this one, right? Uh, I believe you will Absolutely. be on uh, You know... Uh, the former Grace player coming back home um, where, you know, he's had some good memories, had some bad memories at that stadium. And yeah, Maurice uh, Washington, shout out. Yeah, shout out to him. And I think this is going to be another bad memory for West Hall. So give me great fun faith. Um, it's just, uh, <laughs> it's just going to be another bad memory and he's going to have to haunt this forever. It's going to be haunting him forever. And um, you know, who's going to haunt him in his dreams and the rest of that, uh, Grace Community Squad, Mr. Clayton Sebecki, Air Force Commit, and Ben Wagner and company. They look good. They look solid. And they're going to show uh, how they still, even with all the people doubting them, they're going to still run that district. So give me grave on faith. Uh, Wes is throwing things. He's angry. Uh, hopefully uh, that it, you know, inspires uh, Tyler Grace to play. Uh, a good solid, solid squad, but uh, give me Grapevine Faith. I hope you heard what he just said. <laughs> uh, but yeah, give me Grapevine Faith. I think it's, I think this will be a fun one. Uh, not jokes aside, I think this is going to be a fun one. I think it's going to be a good game. Uh, but I'm going to take the the Division One prospect in Clayton Sebecki and the rest of that squad who has made some has had some good games and tough games these past couple of weeks, and uh, I think it, they get it done here. I'm not justifying that comment with a response. Jack Klosek, your picks on the game. <laughs> I'm going to take a little bit of a more holistic approach on this one. Oh, so yes. when we look at when we look when we look at strength of schedule, the Grace Community doesn't play a lot of good teams. I, I mean, Lone Oak, Winona, Spring Hill. You know, you can feast against those. Those are you know three A, four A, two. 3A or 4A, you know, not great East Texas teams. You're not playing Carthage. You know, you're not playing Pleasant Grove. You're not playing Kilgore or Lindale or Lumberton or so on and so forth. But at the same time, you can play a tougher non-conference, as Grapevine Faith maybe did. But when you're losing to Liberty 56-7 to or even ESD 37 nothing, it's, it's kind of hard for me to pick you too. I understand. So, you know. And then we got to factor in this game is at Grace, correct? It is. You know, great. Grace has that home field advantage. And, you know, that, that trek from the Metroplex to Tyler is tough. We, we got to quantify bus fatigue. Mm. But, you know, Grace is riding high. Even when you're not playing against good team or good teams, you know, there's still there's something about playing and beating public schools that I find translates to, to private school. There's something about it because it's, you know, like it, like it's, spe it, it's special. It's, it's different. It's not something that always happens. And even though, you know, maybe on, maybe on paper you give the slight edge to Faith, I just, I don't see it. Faith losing to ESD 37 to nothing, you know, you get, you know, I'm not saying ESD, you know, comparing ESD and Grace, you know, kind of apples to oranges, but, you know, I, I'm going to side with West Hollis and give me Grace Community. I I can't I can't pick for I can't pick a team that's two and three and you've just gotten blown out um, in two of the last three games and you know it, you know it kind of a back and forth against Fort Worth Christian. It'll be a good game, but give me Grace Community. Yeah, I agree with you, and I have being unbiased. I have been on record as saying the last two years, um, Grace's Grace's non district schedule is awful. I mean, I honestly, at the end of the day, I'm more of a fan of of the bad non district schedule than the one that I played in high school with you know with 
Parish Episcopal with Malakoff with uh with you played Malakoff they were real good. I did. We played Malakoff my wow. sophomore and junior year. That's a tough we almost I think we we almost beat them junior year, but um wow. but yeah, dude, like coming out of those five games, just either just in absolute wars, and also something people don't realize you get a lot of people banged up and hurt in games as physical as those. I, I don't know if I would I think for Grace, I would kind of I would throw at least one more difficult team in there. But, you know, I think I'm a much bigger fan of of playing even even public schools of a lower quality than just having absolute wars against uh, teams like Parrish and Malakoff, et cetera. But that being said, um, it's going to be a great game regardless. I'm very excited for this. Um, I think it's going to be fantastic. I think it's two teams that have district title aspirations and only one can win on Friday. So it's going to be a very fun time. But. That being said, guys, that is actually all the information that we have for this episode. Another fantastic week that we have previewed in private school ball. Going to be very excited to get out on the road on Friday, cover some dadgum games. So, uh, Jack Klosek, first of all, thank you for joining us. Second of all, any closing thoughts uh, before we end the episode? No, thank you guys for having me. I just, just to quickly sum up, I'm just, I'm just excited to see, you know, SBC 4A and 3A continue their district slates. Um, Really excited to see who shakes out um, in the SBC championship. I think Episcopal is going to be there, but out of Kincaid, Episcopal School of Dallas and St. John's, curious to see who. Uh, I'm curious to see who who makes it. I, I think it'll come down to the Kincaid St. John's. I think it could come down to the Kincaid St. John's game, um, but you, you know, I think Kincaid's defense is real strong. That's not just the homer in me, but I, I can't I can't ever pick against Kincaid, but. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see how, how it, how it shakes out. Um, and you know, I love covering the other stuff too, like getting the pick parish or Midland Christian or, or even, or grace community and all that. I love keeping up, keeping up on all of it. I run my own, uh, I run my own little, uh, Google sheets where I, where I pick sometimes against myself, sometimes against David Cody. So, um, looking forward to that, looking forward to, uh, being a part of the, the Twitter spaces and, you know, Shoot, man. It's the beginning of October. We got two more months of this. I know SBC is only another month, but we got two more months of this. So I'm excited. It's wild. It's wild how fast we're moving through the season. Walker Lott, uh, any any closing thoughts before we get out of here? It is Spooktober. I just realized that. It is Spooktober. Uh, great week. I'm excited for it. This is a good slate. Good slate of games. We're finally getting the district time, so that's always fun. Um, should be down in Houston this week. I'm very excited about that. And, uh, yeah. Oh, definitely st- tune in to our uh, our Twitter spaces on Friday nights. Very fun. A lot of fun. And uh, you get to hear us talk about college football and also a great, great rant about uh, mascots in the state. That was a fun one. So, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah. I, I, no, I, learned, I learned what a Highlander was, which embarrassed me greatly <laughs> that I didn't understand what it was. Uh, it kind of took a knock to my ego, but it was a fun time. The spaces always end up – uh, inevitably delving into absolute just chaos towards the end of it, and we're all sleep deprived. So it's a fun time for sure. Make turn, make sure to tune into those every Friday night. But with all that being said, I have been one third of your hosting crew, West Hollison, Jack Klosek, and Walker Lot have fantastically been themselves. We will see you in the next episode. See you later. Three, two, one. Here we go.